Welcome to the Ed Milet Show, the place for leaders, dreams, and champions. Hey, welcome back to Max Out with Ed Milet. It is great to have you with us today. And uh, today is a power couple edition of the program, and I cannot think of a more powerful couple to have on the program today. So. I'm sure you recognize both these people, but to my right is Brooks Light from the NHL and from the life change space and all kinds of different spaces we're going to talk about here going forward. And this is Julianne Huff to my left. So thank you both for being here today. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, brother. If this is like 5% as good as the off-camera stuff, this is going to rock. Yeah, we've been hanging for a while. It's we've, awesome. We've done like 11 interviews already, just so you know. And we're actually neighbors. Yes. It's just we traveled 1,400 miles from our actual homes where we're neighbors to meet each other because we live on a lake up in Idaho together right across the bay. I could, if I were in better shape, I could swim over to your house, but. I've actually thought about that. I watched a deer, I was fishing off my dock one day and watched a deer try and cross the lake from our house to your house. Yes. He got halfway across, I told Jules yeah. about this. Yeah. He got halfway across, turned around and he came back. Be, like, and I was sitting there thinking I was fishing, I was like, I wonder if I can make that you could, swim. You could do it. I, we have a buddy up there on the you named Steve Moak who did it, and he's not in great shape, so I know you yeah. can do it. Steve, no offense. And I also saw a yeah. moose do it four wow. years ago. Wow. I watched the damn moose. So I'm, If I'm, a moose did it, Brooks would be like, I got this. <laughs> Man against moose. It'll be a good race. So thank you for thanks. being here today. Yeah, thanks for having us. And I think you all know this, but they, their, their careers sort of speak for themselves. But how many years you play in the NHL? 14? 13, 14, 15, we had a year and a half of lockouts, so however you want to count Calculate it. Yeah, that stuff. 03 to 2018, yeah. yeah. That's an unbelievable long career as a professional athlete. Great player, but I, the thing I'm more fascinated with, even than just your career, is all the, the way that you're able to articulate the tools you've, you know, sort of resourced for yourself to win. And you're able to communicate those things so well. So I want to talk about that today. And then Jules, you know, you've watched her career. She's obviously been successful as an actress, Dancing with the Stars, won that a couple times. Mm -hmm. um, right. Been a judge on there. But she's really a tremendously gifted dancer and actress and musician, I guess we call you. I don't yeah, know what call yeah, it. no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. People in the arts, you know, I like I, I, I just love to have an outlet to express myself. And I find that through dance, through music, through entertainment, acting, that's that's my way of expression. Yeah, like you're, so. you're, you're amazing. So, <laughs> and then combined, they're what I would call a power couple. And so I want to talk today about so many different things, but I want to set the stage because most people watching this know both of you already, but I don't know. How did the two of you actually meet? Do you want the short story or the long story? I'll, I'll you, <laughs> Do you want you Brooke's story or I'll my story? You, I'll give you the short story. She'll tell Do you the real story. Do you have different stories? Yeah, yeah. sort of. Okay, okay. She'll, she'll give you the details. A buddy of mine ended up doing a movie with her, thought we were compatible. He'd watch the games on the iPad, and he'd be like, hey, you should meet this guy. Oh. And anyway, that's the, that's the long story short. Oh, come, that is boring. <laughs> yeah, fill it in. She'll so give you the, the magic behind okay. it. Okay. I'm all about like what you put out in the world comes back to Lesson you. one right here. So for me, I had recently been single. Okay. Uh, people have been trying to set me up on dates for a long time, never worked. And I remember being on a plane and I saw Outsider Magazine and I was like, this is the kind, I want somebody who is outdoors, athletic, healthy, loves family, maybe Man. from like the Pacific Northwest or something, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and is gonna, you know, dress like this, all that kind of stuff. So that was like my first little installment of what you put out in the world. Okay. 
it, like your language is so important. Yeah, I agree. And with your that. beliefs and what you put out into the world will come back. So negative thoughts too. Yep. So that was my first experience. I did this movie with uh, Teddy Sears, and Teddy asked. Are you dating anybody? I said no, but this is what I'm looking for, and I told him. You said that. You said this is my intention. This is what I'm looking for. I had it had nothing to do with like what they did, how successful they were. I just was like, I just want somebody who's healthy, loves family, outdoors, all those things. And he goes, I have the perfect guy for you. (laughs) (laughs) And and so he showed me a picture. I was like, oh, he's very handsome. This is great. And um, and then, you know, and then he tried to set us up, but Brooks never reached out. And so, hang on, let me keep going. (laughs) Brooks never reached out. And so I was like, so did he uh, did he say anything? And um, he's like, no, I don't know. He hasn't. I I don't know. And um, so finally I said, well, why don't you just put us on a text together? So that way he has my number. Yeah. And so, so you kind of pursued it a little bit. I, I kind of did, yeah. Dude, so, you have one of the hottest women in the world pursuing you, and you don't freaking throw <laughs> her a text. It's just we were we were three thousand miles away. I was playing That's hockey good. in D.C. Good. So good. so Teddy was from D.C. and I met him after a hockey game there. He was just a a guy that I ended up meeting. I was like, dude, I like you as a dude. Can I get your number? Yeah. And we'll stay buddies. Yeah. We come to. He was living out to L.A. because he was pursuing acting, yeah. and. Uh, I was like, we come to LA to play in a couple of weeks. Like, let's go for a bite to eat when I come. So I have somebody to eat supper with other than just teammates all the time. Right. And this is the best part of the story. And uh, yeah, and <laughs> after that, our relationship grew. He'd come, I'd leave, let him use my house at Christmas. He'd, yeah. he'd, like, he'd come to DC all the time because his family was there, but he was living out here. And his family didn't always have room for him and his now wife, Melissa. Anyway, long story short, we became good buddies. He does this movie with him. I, he used to try and get me to come to LA after every season. Okay. He's like, come to LA, he'd send me pictures of dolphins from his kitchen. Pretty nice. And I'm like, dude, I gotta go home. I got nieces, nephews, I gotta, I gotta go home, see my friends, people. And I was like, what are you gonna do? Set me up with some starlet out there, like the Juicy Fruit Girl. Because <laughs> that, that was the only like Hollywood person I knew was this, I, there was, she was a Juicy Fruit Girl. She did a commercial, which is sassy. You should watch yeah. this, if you haven't seen I it, I was watch 19 this, years old. Watch this commercial. I remember that commercial. And, juicy Fruit. Yeah, and then he said, dude, you're never going to believe it. I got a movie with the Juicy Fruit Girl. Come on, you know? brother. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, so what she's talking about, manifesting. Or Why was this not part of your initial story, by the way? This is like the story right? story. Well, that, so know. that's yeah. what I'm saying, what you put out there. So yeah. when he saw this Juicy Fruit commercial when he was in, you know, D.C., he was like, man, where do I meet a girl like that? Come uh, on. It's so sassy. Have you seen the commercial? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Yes. And then so sure sassy. enough, good. he like married the Juicy Fruit Girl. sexy. You yeah. got that juicy fruit. And I got, yeah. <laughs> so wait a minute, you're on the text. What happens after the text? I called her, I called her the next day. Okay. And you know what? I, too many guys stress out about like, oh, what am I going to say? I picked, I got home, I was driving, I got home, I was like, I don't have anything planned. I picked up the phone and I dialed it. Yeah. Just so that I could be authentic and not have, I was like, hey, what's up? And she's, I think you were driving. I was driving. So, I was she's like, like, hey. Hi. I was like, hey, I'm just calling. What's going on? What are you doing? And that's how we started talking. We talked for like two hours yeah. or something. And yeah. I didn't have a plan. I think too many guys try and try and plan that yeah. and try and be cool and suave. I didn't know what I was doing. I called her. We vibed it. She, we talked about Coeur d'Alene. She, I was like, wow, this big city, what I see is a big city yeah. girl is loves lakes, loves outdoor life, loves hiking, swimming, like lake life. I'm like, wow, that, and that really at the start of our relationship perked my interest yeah. enough for me to call again and call again. We started FaceTiming and then six, seven weeks later, she came out to DC to visit. The first time we actually met was at the airport. Wow. Pick, yeah. picked me up. I picked her up at the airport. She came to visit. And then how long from there to the wedding day in Coeur d'Alene? Almost 
was three and a half? Three and a half, Perfect. yeah. Three and a year and a half till we got engaged. We got engaged at our house in Coeur d'Alene, right on the balcony. And then we got married two years later in Coeur d'Alene. That's so awesome. Yeah, so, and Teddy, Teddy was a groomsman. For me. That's so cool. And yeah. you got the juicy fruit girl, brother. Yeah. And you got the outdoor whatever he is. That's it's so hot. So, that's so cool. It's so funny though. It's just a weird. So it that, yeah. That's that's it's that's how you came together. Now, what's interesting to me because one of the things I enjoy about our conversations is all of the the lessons both of you learn. Like, there are a lot of people who do things really well in life, but they don't. They're not conscious of it. Yeah. Or they don't like articulate it very well. And I think our childhoods shape us to some extent, right? Like we're either overcoming it or it shapes us or whatever. Oh, and so, 100%. Don't you think? And so I wanted everyone just to know you a little better because we're going to get into like all this stuff, but like sure. I know this stuff, but I want them to know some of this stuff. So we, um, I grew up in a family that was loving and amazing, but there was some dysfunction in it. There was some anxiety in my upbringing. You know, it's a well-known story. My dad's been sober for years now, but my dad did have an alcohol problem when I was a kid. And I have this theory, because you have them, just so you know. Mm -hmm. I think that children who come from homes of some anxiety mm -hmm. or stress, their eyes are different. Mm -hmm. I just have this theory. I can see it in most people's eyes, who, and I can also see it in people's eyes who just come from really good families. It's just interesting, not good or bad, but me and you yep. have the eyes. And uh, my little boys at the group home that I talk about have those eyes. And it's amazing to me when I do these interviews and I can sit across, oftentimes I go, oh, he or she has those eyes. Mm -hmm. And so, your upbringing, we'll talk about in a minute, but I want to start I was going to say, this. that's amazing yeah. that you can pick up on that because yeah. without really knowing our yeah. backgrounds, yeah. that is the truth. I mean, yeah. Brooks came from a very, well, he'll explain it, yeah. but, yeah. And, and by the way, my family, family just, is amazing right. and I wouldn't trade them for the world yeah. and um, my parents are very loving, mm -hmm. um, very supportive. Mm -hmm. Um, but but they had their own issues, you know, yep. and I think that as a kid, you you don't realize that at the time yeah. until you get older and you're like, everybody's human. Everybody's human and every, almost, the reason I love this is because you've become so successful and, but the story really is interesting. Yeah. And, and it's not everybody's story, but in some sense it is in the extent that there was some anxiety in your childhood, right? There was stuff yeah. that happened that shapes you and it, I think a lot of times when I meet really big achievers, mm -hmm. I always wonder, I wonder if they got a lot of their significance as a child by achieving. Mm -hmm. You know, like did they link their winning to achieving? Like the one time my parents weren't arguing or maybe my dad stopped and said, I'm proud of you is when I hit a home run yeah. or I brought home an A yeah. or I yeah. did great in a dance contest. Yeah. And so your parents, when you were young, you started dancing really young, but your parents divorced when you were pretty young too, right? Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I grew up in Utah. Um, I'm the baby of five. Uh, three older sisters, my brother and I, and it, it's funny that you say that because I've realized that I'm such a competitor. I mean, that's why we connect as well, because we're competitors. We love to compete, and, you know, there was an ongoing competitive um, just thought process of getting attention from yes. from from our dad from our mom whatever it was and to be the best in like to be the best sibling to be the best um to be the the yep. the most this the most that the best this the best that and it always had good intention it was never to hurt anybody but it was always about being the best and so my even to this day my struggle is if i'm not winning i feel like i'm losing and so that is a constant reminder to me that progress is the is the actual is the actual fulfillment. Wow, that's and wonderful. And so, you know, like yeah, that was a big thing that I had to actually discover recently. Yeah. Um but but 
those things are what drove me and yeah. that basically gave me the ability to compete, to right. to have ambition, yeah. to have drive. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't, again, trade them trade for them. the world. They happen for you, not to you. 100%. But isn't it interesting, like some of the things that like make us the most successful, if we're not careful, they're also the things that can oh, cause yeah. us some of our greatest pains mm -hmm. sometimes. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so you don't want to ever lose your your desire for significance, your desire to win and compete. Mm -hmm. But attaching our worth or our happiness to it can sometimes be an issue, right? Yeah. So did you guys, you and Derek both, I think when you were little, actually moved away to like London when you were young, like really yeah. young, right? We did. So when I was 10 and my brother was almost 13, that was when our parents were getting divorced. Okay. And you know, our, our older sisters were either getting married or moved to Nashville. They were that much older. Okay. They were, they were yeah. a little bit older. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it was an opportunity for us at the time to go to London for a couple months mm -hmm. and train yeah. in ballroom dancing since we had like this competitive yeah. fire in us that apparently these coaches from London saw in us mm -hmm. at our studio in Utah. And it would give my parents three months to kind of like sort out their, their divorce and then we would come home. Well, three months turned into five years for me oh my goodness, and eight years for my brother. And so, oh my God, I just not know that. You know, we go big or, you or we don't go big. home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Whoa! Wow. Yeah. So, um, wow. so the first, um, so the first little bit, you know, I was ten years old. I was the most independent, just firecracker you've ever met. Sassy as all hell. Yeah. Like I was seven years old. You know, moving my hips. My parents were like, "What is this?" You know, because yeah. I'm a dancer. So, yeah. but they they embraced it and had me go to this place to explore that rather than tell me no. Mm. So I was very grateful for my yeah. parents to give me that opportunity. Mm. Um, unfortunately, you know, my mom woke up every day crying and going to sleep mm. crying because she was like, I'm struggling. My, my kids are over there. I sure. want them with me, but this is an incredible opportunity for them. And, you know, there were struggles for sure being mm. in London that definitely taught me a lot of lessons that at the time Gosh, were probably very um, hard for somebody at a ten, you know, ten years old it's to insane. go through. It really um, is. But but you know, like I I went from having this like incredibly loving, supportive, um, just nurturing mother to you know Shirley Ballas, who is just this feisty and like very very tough woman. Did so, you say Ballas? Yes. Is she related to the dancer Ballas? Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. So Corky and Shirley Ballas and 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 their son Mark, we lived with their family. In Got London. it. Okay. And so when we were there, you know, I I was able to go from you know one one method of teaching a child, which was my mom, mm -hmm. and like this nurturer and this lover and cheerleader of like, your poop does not stink. Right, like, right. you're, you're right. amazing. Right, right. Like, like right. you know, yeah. everything is great. To then like my coach, my dance coach, which was like push, 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 push. And at the time, you know, I'm a teenager, you know, 10 years old going through my teens, going through all sorts of emotions amazing. and transformation. And, you know, it's not my home, it's not my family, it's right. not my environment, but it taught me, you know, just work ethic, passion, drive, and... Oh my gosh, are so, you kidding me? Of course it did. But then it also switched, you know, there was something that happened between my family and, and this family that we lived with that I had this sense of proving myself. Yeah. I had to be the best, I had to prove myself, and I had to, I had to win. So I would go through things that were maybe not 
a good thing. Such as? To, well, you know, I mean, things that maybe weren't necessarily the, the best for a 13-year-old at mm -hmm. the time, but um, but it, to me, it didn't matter because I knew where my end goal was and I kept going. Mm -hmm. Obviously now, like, I see some things that yeah. should have shifted and shouldn't have happened, but mm -hmm. I now see the benefits of them. Yeah. So that had to, I mean, your 13-year-old, I'm picturing the 13-year-old, the 11-year-old little girl over there mm -hmm. without her mom, without her dad, I'm assuming in the studio almost every day dancing, Oh yeah, right? studio, school, training, competitions mm -hmm. on the weekends. Um, Tell them about the, the school visit we just did. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so obviously like I trained in like my performance, not in my uh, education with like English and spelling and math, yeah. definitely not yeah. math. And um, when I was at my school, I, I wanted, or in London, I wanted to introduce Brooks to our, you know, teachers and the school yeah, where I, visited, how I grew I up. I visited the school where she went when she was and at this age. Because we were competing on the weekends mm -hmm. and then, you know, training at, at night mm -hmm. and stuff, I would come in every day and apparently all the teachers said I was like always sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Julianne, you used to yeah. sleep in our class. You used to sleep what? over there. Every freaking teacher. Every teacher. Every teacher. I was yeah. like, I promise I didn't just yeah. sleep in the yeah. school. But the amazing thing was, my school was like, this girl is really talented, she's yeah. working hard, she's got this other life that she's doing, and we see where she's going, we'll help her out. Amazing. You know? Yeah. So. There's this interesting emotion when I'm listening to you, I can tell you, just us talking, even though there's a camera here. Yeah. There's this part of me that knows that that's what shaped you into being one of the greats in the world at what you do. And so that's wonderful. There's just also the part of me that just wants to hug this little girl that's over there. You know what Isn't I mean? Isn't it true? Yeah, you really feel that. Well, that's that's actually what I did. Hmm. What do you mean? I hugged that little girl. When I was 24, I like went through this whole transformation. And by the way, I still hug that little girl to this day because even though I've worked through a lot of things, she's still there. And she needs to be loved. And yeah. so every once in a while, I'll just, I'll just like think of the little girl and I'll hug her and I'll give her the love that mm -hmm. maybe she didn't feel at the time mm -hmm. and the, the, the worth that she didn't feel. And I give that to her because wow. I am her. You um, may have just given my audience, <laughs> I'm serious, maybe like one of the greatest gifts that anyone's ever given them because you can all go back and do that. And you and I have been through some similar experiences together. And I did that same thing with the little boy that was me. I've only cried like two or three times in my life. Oh my gosh, it's the best thing ever. Yeah. If you want, I can yeah. help you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know, it's true. I know. Dude, I never cried in my <laughs> life until I met my wife. Now you can't stop. She told me some of those stories. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. now I, I might not even know what the story is yeah. if she starts crying I start quivering on the, <laughs> I, but I've been through the same exercise as you and you can go back mm -hmm. and you can give you you can go back and give yourself any of the advice you would have given yourself when you were that age and so that's let's be real that's an amazing story right it and is. I think it's by no coincidence by the way that God delivered to you Brooks because I think in your childhood I would call that a very competitive achievement oriented mm -hmm. but I'd also call it my word for it, I wasn't in it, but in listening to it, not stable. Not stable, 100%. Right. Before right. you even said that, I just yeah. was thinking it wasn't stable. I didn't yeah. have a rock. Yeah. I didn't have a foundation. I was always floating. Yeah. And yeah. The, actually, one of our first dates before he asked me to be his girlfriend, he said, think of me as this solid pole in the center of your life. Mm -hmm. And you can be your little butterfly and fly all over, and you'll always be there to land on. Yeah, yeah I see that. 
and that's why you ended up being there. That's so obvious. God's amazing, man. Now you, so she's, that's where she was at 13, right? That ain't where you were at 13, right? No, no, I had a very different upbringing, but, um, you know, we arrive at the same point in life, so one way isn't better than the other. Yep. Um, mine was very different than hers, though. Yep. But her parents right now and, and step-parents are awesome. Fabulous people, big part of our lives. Amazing. Yeah, Amazing. Uh, incredible. Same with my family. It's oh, a, yeah. Just because your family goes through these transitional periods that aren't wonderful for you, it doesn't mean you come from a bad family. I come yeah. from an amazing family. Yeah. And it's even even just like you. I, I know the emotion of talking about it because I know how amazing my dad is and I know that he's my best friend and I know he's been the central positive part of my life too. Yeah. But it's also is true. It's part of my story that he did drink when I was young, right? Yeah. So like both of those, it's awkward sometimes, but it's wonderful you're willing to talk about it, and I do too, because there's so many people watching this that either come from some kind of dysfunction or are young people watching this who are in it right now. Yeah. I have so many young viewers that mm -hmm. they're listening and going, my mom and dad are getting a divorce right now, and I feel scared, or my Absolutely. parents are fighting, or my dad, my mom drinks too much. There's something in my family I'm ashamed of or I'm embarrassed of, mm -hmm. and you're proof that you can turn your life into something magnificent. And so thank well, you for being able to talk about thank it. Thank you for letting us talk about it because I think, and I know you're gonna continue with your story, but I, mm -hmm. about talking about it, mm -hmm. I think that when you don't talk about something, it manifests into something that is so much greater and so much harder and so much more hurtful and painful. Mm -hmm. So by me talking about this, this isn't something that I haven't talked about with my father, I haven't talked about with my mother, I haven't talked about with every single one of my siblings, I haven't talked about with the family that I lived with in London. Like, And because we were able to talk about it and not be defensive but just be factual of the events of what happened yeah. and take the emotion out of it, that's done. Now that happened, wow. now we can actually just be have together. A great relation. And you have a great relationship with all those people. Well, see, you guys, one of the things that's going to happen today, man, I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you. It's so good for me to hear, just to be candid with you, because there are some people maybe I haven't talked about all of it with, and I think there's like this power just being authentic with yourself and with everybody yeah. else that's just like freeing. And um, one thing's going to happen today through the interview is like, I want you following them on social media. It's interesting. Usually you have celebrities on your program like, hey, follow them. They're going to put some cool pictures up or some <laughs> stuff that will inspire you. And you're going to see that with both of them. But I actually think these two people are a real power couple in the sense that they can also help you in your life. And I think if you follow their journey together over time, you're going to see them both engage in different things and opportunities for you to help shift you and change your life too and follow them on their journey because they've got nuggets of just strategy and truths that they've both uncovered. And a lot of it's recent for them that I think can help with you too. So you Well, and your me. stories will inspire yeah. and help us. Like, mm. we help each other. Mm. You heard her, yeah. you heard her. <laughs> yeah. So you come from the family you were telling me where they were just encouraging, you can do anything, you're great, well, you're amazing. Is that true? Well, uh, my mom was like that. Okay. God, I mean, <laughs> that's why I said God bless moms. I mean, yeah. I was a professional hockey player. My mom, to this day, still never ever thought I played a bad game. <laughs> Love you, Mom. Love you so much. Love Every you. game I ever played, I was terrible. She loved it. You're so good. I love you, Mom. My, my dad was sometimes up. My dad wanted me to be better, and I wanted to be better. Yeah. So if I scored three goals, he's like, yeah, you should have had four. You should have had this other one. Yeah. You should have. And I'm like, you know, that's criticism, but you're right. I should have. Yeah. Like, and, and he, so there would be games. I mean, there was a game one time. I got in the vehicle after my dad. He says, get in the car. We got in the car, we drove 70 miles back home after the game, not a word was said. Get out of the car, I walk in, walk right by my mom, she's like, how was the game? Didn't say a word. Dad walks right by her, how was the game? Didn't say a word. Enough was said. 
wow. you know, in that. Like, so dad, but I was so appreciative because dad knew I wanted to be better. He never pushed me like, you have to do this. Or He was just, he would, he was hard. You were accountable. Um, mm-hmm. You were independent. You were accountable. Like I could tell you some stories about even when I turned pro, like the, the stuff that my dad left to me to decide. Give me one example. When I was... Like, I, I love my dad. Hockey and fishing have been the two things that have really brought us close. We share those. Those are so dear to us. When I was 19, I was, the next day, by the next, I was drafted by the Ottawa Senators when I was 17. You have a two-year grace period to sign your first professional contract. And the night before the deadline, the deadline's at 3 p.m. the next day. The night before, my dad's on a fishing trip up north in Saskatchewan. And I talked to him. There's no cell phones back then. This is like 2001. And uh, I'm like, Dad, uh, he calls me from a landline, whatever. I'm like, Dad, they're not even close to the number that my agent says we can get. We wanted, I'll just tell you the numbers, whatever. You yeah. can look it up. Yeah. 800,000. Yeah. They were at 650,000. My agent's saying we can get 800,000. U.S. dollars. I mean, I'm a, ni- I'm a 19-year-old kid. Money, I'm making man. 100 bucks every money. two weeks. <laughs> that was my paycheck. Right. 100 bucks every right. two weeks of junior hockey. Yeah. Anyway, um, Dad, I'm like, Dad, I don't know what to do. What if they don't come to our number? Can you be around tomorrow? And he goes, I'm like, deadline's at three. Can I talk to you tomorrow? He goes, no, I'm going fishing. And I'm like, ha! You know, like, I'm like, and he's like, I'm going fishing. You make your decision. You'd be happy with it. I'll call you tomorrow night. You wow. let me know how it went. That's a wow. And the, but that was dad. It was, he was there when you needed. He was there, but he, he also built me, as I've told Jules this, as much as my parents showed me love, I'm so thankful they taught, taught me independence. And that was one of the biggest moments. He's like, this is your thing. You've earned it. We earned it. I'm only there because of my parents, let's be honest. But he's like, you earned it. You got drafted. You make your decision on the path of your life. And I'll find out from you tomorrow night what happened. And what happened? Uh, they ended up coming to 775. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take that money. <laughs> um, but, but even for him, he probably didn't give a damn. Like right. my dad, my dad was a principal, did, did well. But I mean, he, he, the money to him, we probably couldn't even fathom. So he's like, yeah. either you just make your choice. Yeah. But uh, so your dad set a high standard for you, though, and left you be your own independence and accountability. Yeah, and just, what great parenting advice, by the way, your dad handled that. That's good advice for me too, because sometimes I think I probably have a tendency to go, all right, I'll be right there, I'll handle this, yeah, you know, yeah, and to, no, and to let you grow and build yeah. that muscle for Max. I do. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. awesome. Man. No, he he was hands on, but hands off. You know, he helped me and, and was there, drove me to games, taught me. Even to this day, we would talk about hockey games after the game. I'd call him. He's such a reference and a source of knowledge. He's the fairest man I know. I look up to my dad so much. You've talked about how your dad has more integrity than you. Yes. I, st- I feel like that about my dad, the yeah. same. That's I look awesome. up to my dad as a huge role model. And so much of what I do and whatever and is or try to be is, is stuff that I've seen. Do you think when you played, I'm, I'm interested, Brooks, do you think when you played, like if you did have a good game, I'm curious how the mind works, like you'd have a two-goal game, yeah, whatever, you had yeah. a great game. Would the first guy you think of be your dad? Like would you want to tell your dad about a game? Like is your, or was your dad, was that not the dynamic? No, it was not so much. No, yeah. it wasn't, no, it was just, and because, honestly, because it was, it was sort of expectation. It was like you were there. We had supper in DC. I scored a goal and an assist, and and we had supper after the game with with um, with, the my, family, with my yeah. mom and dad. Yeah. And Jules goes, "This is early in our relationship." Yeah. She says, "Are we going to celebrate tonight?" I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, yeah. Yeah. celebrate what? I mean, they pay me to do this." 
I'm like, yeah, but you scored a goal. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, that's why I get paid is because right. they expect me to do this. And dad's like, I like that because so many teachers expect they should get rewarded for doing this or that. That's what we pay you to do. And that, so it's a great mindset. It's also, we've worked on trying to celebrate life's little accomplishments. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like that is, I, she brought that to me and I'm like, wow, a goal and assist in the NHL, first star of the night. That's in front of my parents and my wife. That's a pretty cool night. Maybe we should celebrate it a little bit. But to me, it was just business as usual. So, but that's where mom come in, and mom was like excited. Yeah, and and my wife. But that's like that transitions into a topic I want to talk to you all about because I've watched this with you a little bit too, Jules. So, so I talk about this thing called blissful dissatisfaction, Mm -hmm. and I think you used to suffer from the reverse. And so, tell me if you did. And so, what that means is I used to think for years too. Like, I'll be happy when. Like, once I get that house, or once I sign that contract, or once I get that, I win the Dancing with the Stars, or once I make a certain amount of money, or once I meet that person. So it's like delaying your happiness until an event. And what usually happens for most people is that event never arises, because when you get to that event, then it's the next one. one. It's the The next next one. one. And I used to think, man, if I let myself be happy, I'm gonna lose my drive. Mm -hmm. So like, so, so somehow, yeah. if I'm happy, I have a whole story about this. So, so, like, I really believe that most people think this. They think, man, if I enjoy this, if I'm happy, all of my because it's because here's what happens: it is a formula that can work short term. So you start going, well, this is part of my recipe. I like deny myself happiness, mm-hmm. and that's what creates this drive. But there's no connection to it. You can live in bliss and still be dissatisfied. In other words, dissatisfaction is completely different from happiness. Mm-hmm. You can be completely happy yeah. and still dissatisfied. Yeah. Dissatisfaction is, I'd like more. I want to compete for better. But that doesn't need to rob you of your happiness. So I always teach people, you can live blissfully yeah. so and still be dissatisfied. It's like, it's, so like, right it's like eating a piece of steak that's just delicious. You heard me talk about this with Lewis. And I'm just so blissful. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not less hungry for the next bite. And so you can live in bliss. And so talk about that part of your story for a second. I want them to hear this from you because it has more credibility coming from you than from me. No, it has credibility coming from anybody who's been in this situation. I think, you know, again, my, my drive came from proving myself. My drive came from um, being the best. But I didn't even know what I wanted. I just needed it to be the best. So, you know, I wanted to be the most successful movie star and I wanted to be the most successful artist. And fortunately on Dance of the Stars, I won my first two seasons. So I got it, you know, and I proved myself, you know, that whole thing. And what ended up happening was because I was, I had been basically building my success off of proving myself to these people and and everybody else, whoever these people are. I, you know, I, I got a lot of things, but it was what's next, what's next, what's, what's next. When you would win, would you enjoy it? I like mean, I, I, would, I would celebrate. I would yeah. celebrate, but I would be like, okay, what's next? next. The next day, like, like one day, you give oh, yourself yeah. one day. Absolutely, it's okay. that whole mentality of like when you finish something and then you go into the depression, like right after you've just finished this massive project, mm-hmm. and then it's like, what do I do now? Yes. You know, yes. so. Um, so it's like one day and then I'm on to the next thing. And fortunately, when I first moved out to Hollywood at 18, like things were aligned and things were happening. And I believe that was because I paid my dues. You know, like I worked hard, I went through things, I, I kept going, I believed in myself. And eventually, 24 years old, I went to Tony Robbins seminar 
and thought I was one person. (laughs) And then I was like, holy awareness of all these these things that I did not realize. And (laughs) when I was starting to realize everything, I realized that I was doing it for everyone else Mm. and that I needed validation and approval from everyone but myself. Mm. And that I had, and that I had, um, I didn't even really know what I, I valued. And like what I wanted for myself that actually made me happy, mm-hmm. it just had to be the best. And I compared myself to everyone, and if I wasn't winning, I was losing, so then I would move to the next thing that I knew that I would be good at. Wow. And so it's this whole pattern of like this whole idea of being the best, and if I'm not the best, then I'm, I'm a loser. What was the shift? What did the you shift? The shift was, because I realized I was doing things for everyone else and I wasn't doing them for myself and that nothing is ever going to be enough if I'm not enough and I am freaking enough, you know? And so, but this, you know, this was six days of Day with Destiny, you know what I'm saying? And like going for it and, and, and playing full out and like really just looking at myself and being like, okay, is this the person that I wanna be for the rest of my life and be lost? but kind of successful, but never feeling successful? Yes. You know, or do I want to actually enjoy my life and still be successful, whether it's financially or artistically, and actually enjoy what I'm doing and like celebrate it with people, you know? The people watching this, I think by and large, are sort of more achiever types. That's why they're engaged in this. And they are relating to this so deeply right yeah. now. I want you to know. We all relate to this, what you're describing right now. But I will tell you, when all of this happened, I left Date with Destiny and I was like, yes, I have all this like self-worth. I was satisfied. And I lost all of my drive. Right. Yeah. I did. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and it, for like a few months, like almost a year, I was like... Yes. Holy shit, like what yeah. am I gonna do? Yeah. Like I was at first I was like, babe, I'll just move to DC. Well, well, we met I'm the day fine. after she I finished this. Yeah. The day, yeah, we met the day after and then she found love in her life mm-hmm. and and she she struggled. She told me she's like, I'm struggling with drive, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm struggling with drive and I'm like I'm really happy. Well, I, I you, told her because that's cause you're placing your drive based off somebody. So what if you conquer that person? Where's your drive then? You got it. You know? And so what happens is when we make these changes, it's so important for everybody because I want everyone to live blissfully dissatisfied. But there's something you have to care for in that process. You and I were talking about it off camera. Yeah. You still have to protect your own identity during that time. That's the first thing he said to me. So no. you actually saw that in her. I saw that, yeah. Um, well, she had told me, like, I still fight with her now because I'm like, I don't believe this woman that you were because I never know her. I know her how she is now. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I, I don't believe that that was you, mm-hmm. but I, I understand it is. Yeah. But. Um, that was one of the, our first date, our very first date. Um, I told her, I was like, you're, cause we were both in, inter- in interesting pockets in our life of creating the life we want, of being single and free and, and building pillars and foundations of our life. And I said, find the three, four, whatever little thing, the things that matter to you the most and protect those, put that space out and protect those. And they're yours. Cause I had been through this before I had met her I, about 18 months before I met my now wife and before I met Jules, I called my mom one day and I said, mom, give it to me straight. Am I a different person now than I was two days or two years ago? And she goes, what do you mean? I'm like, just tell me honestly, am I different now? Cause I was struggling as a person. And I was like, tell me if I'm different now than two years ago. And she goes, well, you, you don't really call as much. 
And I'm like, damn it, I knew it. I knew it. Like, I knew it. I had, I had gone out of, I had gotten away from my foundation identity as a person. That day, I made some massive shifts in my life. That was a pivot, a big pivot in my life, made massive shifts. And I went quiet. I went silent. I just started building things in my life that I enjoyed. And I started appreciating people for who they were, how they existed, how they, but I was really quiet and I was working on me and appreciating other people, working on me, appreciating other people and filling in, this is important to me, that's a pillar of my life, that's locked in. Mm. Ooh, I found this is important to me, that's a pillar that's locked in. And then when I met her, and when you meet somebody, they should support those things, but you also have to protect those things. You know, because you're going to meet somebody, they're going to encroach in you, they're going to influence you a little bit. She's the biggest influence in my life. But if she's ever taking away from things, not and not intentionally, no, she would I, never but, do it. But I could. Yeah, like yeah. I need to. And sometimes I do. I need to protect. Like when I was playing, if she wanted to go out and watch this concert, and I'm like, I got to play tomorrow. I need rest. Like I might need to protect that. And I'm going to sacrifice at times for us, but like protect the things that matter to you. If I can give advice to people, I tell this all the people, protect the things that matter to you, find a partner, explain why those matter to you, and your partner, the one that's right for you, will promote and support the heck out of that. And she does that for me, and I've tried to do that for her. What incredible counsel. And I agree with you, though. Always happy, never satisfied. That's what I said. So even when I scored a goal and assist, like we talked about, I was happy, but I'm not satisfied because I want to do it again. I want to score two goals. That's right. But some people rob themselves from the happy, the celebration piece. And if you don't celebrate, every time you don't celebrate, there's a part of your brain where it doesn't get uh, a hit. Yeah. If it doesn't get that hit that you want, the, that endo- the endorphins and dopamine yeah. hitting, the less and less you're inclined to want to do it the next time yeah. subconsciously. So you must celebrate it. Mm-hmm. By the way, when's the last time you heard a professional athlete and a famous actress give you this type of conversation, right? This is why I'm telling you, and I'm telling both of you off camera, it's why you need to be engaged even more than you have been in people's lives because you can transform. This is gold right here, right? Well, the, the next part, by the way, of, of that whole not feeling um, dr- like a drive mm. after all this happened, I ended up meeting this man because I was like, what am I going to do? I don't even know because all of that was to prove myself. So is that really even what I want to do now? Um, like to sing and all that stuff. and. This man, I think he was maybe 75 years old, ran up to me, by the way, and at first I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) tears in his eyes. And he's like, and I get so emotional every time I tell the story. (laughs) But he said, your song, my hallelujah song, was the song that helped me come out as gay um, that I'm gay, finally to my family, to, to everyone, and I listened to it every single morning for a year and a half on the treadmill, and I lost 60 pounds, and I was finally able to, to, to be myself, to be who I am meant to be because of your song. And at that moment, I was like, and I, I need everybody to know this, my music has felt like my biggest failure. Because I compared myself and I didn't think that I was, I didn't get what I thought I should have. Mm -hmm. And so I gave up and I went to something else where I knew I was safe Mm -hmm. and I was going to get my significance in something that I was good at. And so I know I cry right now thinking about it. But when he said that, 
the first thing that came to my mind was, wow, my biggest failure was the biggest success in this guy's life. Oh my gosh, it's so good. And like, I know I'm crying, but. It's so good. Um, <laughs> like I said, she makes me cry when she cries. Like it <laughs> makes me cry. My heart beats the same. And so for me, I was like, wow, like I have so much more impact to give. And this man, if I think of others, of what I can do to help others, and to inspire others and to like create something that gives somebody else like this chance to be themselves, to transform, to have their identity, which I just recently found, I have to do this. And so that was a huge shift and I found my purpose again. And I found more of a purpose rather than just approving myself for my success. And so it's still, you know, it's still an up and down battle and struggle of like, you know, what should I do? Is this the right thing? All that stuff. It's a constant thing that you think about. But when I come back, <laughs> but when I come back to that moment, I'm like, okay, that was easy. I just got to get back to that moment yeah. every time. That's true drive. Like that's, yeah. you, can, you can drive <laughs> off of hate, which is one type of drive, can serve you know, or, or off of... Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I got but some like, tissues. That's, I love that kind of drive of, of betterment and of purpose versus spite. Wow. You know. I'm rarely, rarely speechless when we do this. That's unbelievable. What a cur <laughs> I have to like, compose myself there. <laughs> when you... <laughs> I'm serious. I tell you, man. look, it's wet, it's real. It's like... I told you. But, but, but I know, man, but like, what's so amazing about that is what, you talk about your greatest failure, but also when you don't... This is what happens. When you don't chase the best version of you, it's not just you that you cheat out of all of the benefits of it. It's mm -hmm. the people you love. It's the people around you. But it's the people you don't even know. We we're talking off camera about the effect being in this could be for you, yeah. right? And so it's all the people you don't realize you're not affecting because you didn't chase the best version of you, because you didn't use your natural giftedness to its max out capacity. It's yeah. all the other people whose lives you impact. And for some of you, are like, well, I can't sing like she sings. You have no idea the amazing things, the wonderful gifts you have, that if you'd stop cheating the world out of half-assing those gifts, yeah. and you maxed out those gifts, the difference you'd be making with your special gifts and other people's lives, so people true. you haven't even met, man, I'm telling you, you'd be after it like you can't believe, because that's who gets cheated when you don't chase the best version of you, when you don't max out your gifts. So true. So true. Obviously, you two have an amazing relationship. I'm curious, because you've given some of the keys, too, to that. What, is there a key, Brooks, you would say, if people are in a relationship around it's either struggling or they just want to make their relationship better? What makes this work so well? You know what? She, the first place I'd go with that is really easy. The, she said it to me, and it triggered the first time she said, she goes, this was early on when we met. She's like, I want the best effing relationship ever. Mm -hmm. I and I, yeah, she, yeah, I, I left it. I don't know if you swear on the show or not. I left it off. Oh, yeah, it, it adds more. It adds, if I can say the whole word. I, I was ah, trust passionate me. about yeah. it. And I'm, so yeah, say it the, to the people listening or watching, say it Passion. to your partner. Like, I want the best and, and launch into that word. Yeah. Um, but it triggered. I was like, you, you know, you're right. And we were talking before, like, I don't want to live life anything under 100%. Like it, to me, and I told you before, that's suffering. It's, there's greater suffering in the word, don't get me wrong, there is, but living life 
anything under the best is a form of suffering. So I try and help people. You try and do it, which I love listening to your stuff and the stuff you put out in the world affects people and infects and inspires people to elevate the quality of their life. And we do that with our relationship. So even on the way here, man, we stopped. We were listening to your podcast. We stopped it because we, we kept got, we pausing it. And we're yeah, like we we're talking, talking about our relationship <laughs> and about like and even after this, we, we sat in your driveway for like ten minutes mm. talking about our relationship and stuff mm. because we want the best. Being at a hundred percent and dropping to seventy-five is not good enough. We want to get back up to a hundred. But you also have to be transparent. You have to communicate. You have to stand up for what you want. We also have a thing where we say. Um, Listen to understand, don't listen to respond. So, I, and we have a, we'll all usually preface this, we have a little kind of code word that we use to, we'll say same team. So like, if she says same team to me, that means Brooks, I'm gonna tell you something that might rock your boat a little bit, mm -hmm. but we're on the same team, we love each other. And just know that, and then also listen to understand me, don't listen to respond to me. And so, and, and we also say like, this is important to me. Yeah, she's I'm, great I'm at not that. gonna just, let it go Be or yeah. blah, and just like tell you all these crazy things like yeah i can try to gauge what's important and what's not important this is important to me yeah. i need to talk to you about and this. clarity like when she says that if she just taps like she did there taps when i said babe this is important to me oh gotcha like you you have me right now this. gotcha i will do that mm -hmm. but if i'm not a mind reader i can't read her mind she can't read my mind and so i think sometimes people just leave it up to that and also today we were talking about taking the power in your relationship. So if something isn't going right, or is maybe you're just disconnected a little bit, I'm gonna take the responsibility for that. That it's my and job to... That it's my job, not wait yeah. for them to spark me, or I'm gonna take the responsibility for that. Even if it's I'm wanting something from that person, I'm gonna take the responsibility. And we talked about that, about both of us wanting to be like that so that we're never expecting the other person to do it. And this is all, man, I'm, I'm, in, I'm a relationship idiot. I never had, until I, <laughs> until I met my wife, I didn't know anything about relationships. She's taught me so much and continues to. She's the leader of our relationship. I learned so much from her. I'm blown away though. Your, your one year anniversary is this summer, right? Yeah, but that'll be our five-year together anniversary. Yeah, so one year. I've year never, marriage, I, so yeah. I, I just be honest with you, I, there's so much there, like, Sheesh, like, this is why I want you two doing more of this, okay? This is important, like this, just so you know, this isn't normal, what you're talking about, it's extraordinary, okay? But what you just said there's like one really simple thing, you set a standard for the relationship. What's interesting is we set standards in our lives for all kinds of different things, but we, most people don't do that in a relationship, you just kind of go into it and have one. Yeah, yeah so that's suffering, man, to me that's something, and yeah. we, we, like, that's, that's part of the reason why we do open source some of our relationship and share it is that we've had people, I've had people talk to me like, thanks to you I got out of a relationship because I want true love. I want somebody that just rips my world open. And I didn't know if that existed out there. For me, I spent 10 years basically single before I met her, never always looking at the stars, wondering am I ever gonna meet somebody that just blew me away and I never knew if it was for me. I had success, I had fame, I had money. I was like anything else, wanting a personal life, having like an amazing wife, that's greedy. It's maybe not for me. Life has afforded me so much. Don't know if I'll ever be happy personal life, but asking for that with what I already have is too greedy. Uh, and I never, I never knew if I'd be, even though my ultimate destiny, I wanted to be a husband and a father. That's my greatest destiny for me, not athletic or any other achievements or money. It's to be a, a serving husband and father. Wow. 
And uh, one of the reasons this has worked is it's just this is be honest, it's two really good souls have come together. That's one of the reasons this has worked. But also, just what you just said is kind of fascinating to me. Like people that watch this, you think there's this good-looking, wealthy, successful, professional athlete, and you'd think, and this is a dude struggling with trying to find his dream relationship. Do you know what I mean? Like. Just so you know, when you watch Instagram, it's one of the things about social media, it's like everyone's life seems perfect all the time. And I love your vulnerability. I love that you're willing to be authentic and real. Like, we got problems too. There's stuff I struggle with. I love that about you. One of the things that I've watched in you, though, and I love one of the things on your Instagram particularly, and we'll talk about how to find you both in a minute, but you and I both, and so do you, but as men, we both share this sort of belief that there is a linkage between our physicality, our yeah. bodies are working out, and this is 100% true for women too, mm -hmm. um, but I'm, I'm watching you because of some of the workouts you do are different than what I do as a dude, right? So talk about a little bit about just fitness, working out, energy, health, wellness, yeah. all that stuff, how it applies for both of you. Absolutely. Well, for me, like that, that's part of, so going back to what I said about foundations, what matters to me in my life? Some of the things, the three things that matter to me, proper rest, so I prioritize sleep at night because then I could wake up, I'm ready to go. Mm -hmm. Then it was health, like nutrition, what I put in my body was important. So then I could train the way I wanted to, to express and, and go after my dreams of being a professional hockey player. Mm -hmm. So those were the things that mattered to me. And now that even though I'm not playing hockey right now, mm -hmm. those still matter to me. That's how I express myself. My wife does it through dance, through singing, through acting. That's how she expresses her soul. Mine is through uh, intense physical activity, usually married with human interaction. That's team sports. That's why I have a garage gym in my house so I can have people over. Yesterday, Lewis came over, worked out with me, and then my wife made us a beautiful breakfast afterwards. I mean, life is good, man. Like, isn't that good living? Um, but that's how I express myself. That's when I get, that's when I'm my most alive. That's when I'm my best version, my best husband to my wife. That's when I'm my most creative, my most grateful, my most giving. Like, even at the gym, at the gym I used to work out at before I had a home gym, after I would come out of the gym, there's a dumpster right there, and I started this thing where I was like, Every time I see somebody at this dumpster, I'm in, just in a state of gratitude when I'm, I'm my peak state when I'm done working after out. After you work out, yeah. After I work, during and after my workout, I'm in a peak state, which what we talked about, you're very similar. That's when we're our best versions of ourselves. But I'd see a homeless person at, at the dumpster, and I'd say, whatever's the top bill on top of my wallet, I would give to them. Whatever the top Whatever bill was. it was. And it was kind of just like a little lottery. Like someday it'd be like, <laughs> right. if it was a dollar, right. I'd try and give right. a couple more. But someday it'd be a yeah. hundred. And I'd be yeah. like, oh, yeah. like it's a hundred. Someday it'd be a 20 or 50. But How wonderful. It was after, and that's when I really realized, wow, this needs to stay in my life because I'm my best version. Like if I walked out of the gym, I might not do that to this homeless person before. Yes. You know, but this puts me in a different state. This elevates me. Sometimes with my wife, it's meditation. Yes. For her, you know, so she can tell you more about that. But that physicality, that's how I express my soul. Yes. I need it. Yes. Uh, and then I can carry on. With and I think one thing about that, I'm that way too. I think, I think most people will find if they'll move their bodies, you're going to yeah. find a change of state. So you all know this, but sadness and depression and all these things, we do those emotions. We don't just feel them. They're physical moves. They're hunched over. The breathing's different. We've Many of you learn these things. That's wonderful to know it. The difference is do you apply it? If you start changing your breathing. So you and I change our breathing yeah. typically through moving our body and working out, right? That's how we change our state 
our blood gets pumping, our nervous systems yeah, kicked energy. in, we get energy. And my, my, uh, my business ideas, my oh, yeah. best yeah. thoughts almost always inevitably come during or post a workout. Yes. Couldn't agree more. Uh, that's just a fact. We have, we have a midday, by the way, in the office, a yeah. midday dance party. You do, so yours we is do dance. We do a midday. Just, just dance or music, and we just get up and we jump around. You don't have to be a dancer. Is Brooks dancing here, or is this is? Oh no, this is in our office. Your office. This is our production company. Because I would, I would love to watch that. But he dances. No, he dances. I, I heard that you didn't even train him for the wedding that's dance, true. but that's all other conversation. Yeah. I bought a true story. I bought a dance DVD about six months before I ever met her. I didn't even know, like I didn't know her because I wanted to learn to dance. But and this is the lesson, by the way, for the gentleman. I was going through the DVD with him because he wanted to learn this dance, and we paused it, and I started teaching him, and he goes, well, he didn't do it like that. Oh I was like, <laughs> I and... I told you, I've been in this relationship stuff. <laughs> I was like, and we're done. <laughs> that was my last dance. Come on, I was like, my ego came out. I was like, I'm the best dancer in the world. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you, but... <laughs> this picture, that's not how he did it. It was a country line dancing, like two-stepping line dancing DVD. Come on, dude. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so you move your body that way. Yours is dance, but I also want to touch on this because I do this too. So you're also big on... On just quieting your mind too a little bit and yeah. doing some meditation too. Just tell them how that served you. You know, okay, so obviously meditation <laughs> is is really hard, and I want to put it out there. Meditation is hard. Sure I is. mean, especially in the day and age that we live in, when everything is moving fast and we're on our phones and we're thinking about the next big idea and this is happening. I mean, like that's what feeds us, so we want to keep going. But sometimes, like what I've felt is. When you meditate, you, you get rid of things that you're storing within you that are clear, like cluttering up your space. When you let that go, you get all this inspiration and all of this like just knowingness of what you need to do and clarity and realization and it just flows through you. Whether you believe that's God or the divine, whatever you call it, your own intuition, it just goes through you and when I'm finished with that, I'm like, oh, bam, 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 done, yeah. gotta go. I and, I, and it's so easy. So in fact... I can tell when she meditates, they just tell the shift in state. And in fact, I can resonate like what's going on in our relationship, why we feel disconnected like that. Mm. In, in the past, I'm like, something's wrong, I don't know, like, <laughs> uh, like I'm not getting your attention, you know, like feeling all like emotional about it. Yeah. And instead, I'll do like a chakra meditation, go through everyone, and literally at every stage, it will t like I will get insight of what is going on. And I'll first be angry, and I'll be like, he's such an asshole, blah, 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 blah. Really? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I'm, being, I'm being dramatic. This is for dramatic effect. Um, and, then, and then I'll go to the next chakra, which is like, I'm just so hurt by this. And then the next one is like, oh, you know what? This was actually the reason why he was being a good person, but he just had the wrong intention. And then I'll go up to my heart, oh my gosh, he's so amazing. And he actually just was trying to help. And then might go up to my throat chakra and I'm like, oh, I just need to tell him. And then I'll come downstairs. I have no emotion attached to it. And I just said, hey babe, I think we're disconnected. This is kind of what I've been feeling. And he goes, oh yeah, I've been feeling that too. But you know, so it, it like, it's such a really easy way for, to get clarity. So, but it is hard. So, like, to be able to find like a, a, a facility or like there are things yep. online that can guide you through. Yep. Like, I would suggest that. But I also, can I just tell you one thing? Because yes. I get really excited about this. Yep. Okay. So 
you like to work out, get that energy pumping, you feel really masculine and just like, whoa, like I can do this, you yeah. know, like whatever's yeah. next. Yeah. So like throwing for, heavy for, stuff around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so for women, I believe that there, and this is something that I'm really exploring and like trying to find like a method or something for women to explore because there's so much power in this for a woman. I believe that women get wor like scared by the word sexuality and I think that there's a difference between sensuality and sexuality. Mm -hmm. I think we project sexuality like we have to be sexual to someone mm -hmm. and it's for someone else, but when you're sensual, it's for yourself and there's this total like sensual love and connection that you get with your own energy. And when you move your body, when you meditate, when you do certain things, when you embrace that power, mm -hmm. there is nothing more beautiful than a woman owning her sensuality. And so, like, I'm... And it, from a guy's point, when you do that, like, mm -hmm. as my wife, when she does, I'm like, that's very sexy. sexy. But not, 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 not like... Uh, not like tchotchke. Just yeah. like, you know, Just sexy. very sensually sexy. I'm like, like why is it desirable? Like a very strong, sexy woman. What an amazing distinction. And, and, and I'm not doing it for him. Yeah. I'm doing it for me to own my sensuality. And because of that, he, my energy is like a total pol like polarization of his masculine energy that he just did with this like workout and like he's feeling great and then this femininity that's just but it's powerful femininity i think also people think it's like this like soft you can have a soft feminine energy and you can have a freaking fiery powerful feminine energy as well so this is something that I'm really kind of moving towards to help women embrace that sensuality yeah. and fluidity in their body and, um, and own, you know, like girls, we, we got a lot of power. Wow. Yes, we do. I'm loving this. Like, <laughs> I literally, I'm sorry, we're going to go a little longer, guys, because this is too damn good. So we're going to, I mean, like, honestly, that was so well said. Like, what amazing info. Like, the, I'm in this space, right? So, like, it's kind of rare for me to hear things I've not heard. And like yeah. the way you say it and think, like, so good. So, oh, thank you. Really, really, We're just really, having fun. Really, yeah. and that's so actually, fun. it's so good. You're such an amazing couple. Now, first thing, because I want to get this out now, they now, they know you. This is sort of silly, but like, where do they find you? So, Brooks, first, how do they engage? How do they find you? Um, What's the best way to get to you? Yeah, Instagram, at, uh, across all socials, at Brooks Like. Okay, but spell like, some of them. My last name is pronounced like L-I-K-E, but spelled L-A-I-C-H. So, Brooks, L-A-I-C-H. Um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, at Brooks Like. One of the really unique things about Brooks, and you're going to see Brooks's content evolve, and um, I think you're going to be able to engage on even different levels with him going forward. But one of the things about Brooks that I think is very unique, and obviously Julian has this gift in, in droves, but he's unique in the space as an athlete, so he's got credibility with you, right? He's already achieved. He's already produced peak-level results, but he's able to articulate and transfer energy through the camera in a way that's very unique as an athlete. He's a very special guy. And so, and I know you feel really embarrassed by what I'm no. saying, but, <laughs> but, but it's really true. And so he's a very unique person on social media that he's got a 14-year career plus of you know, peak performance achievement. Then he attracts into his life this magnificent woman. And so you want some of what he's got. And he's able to communicate it to you and teach you things. And his videos aren't like, hey, we're fluffing on. There's also tactics and strategies there. So follow him. And then in your case, Jules, where do they find you? On Instagram, it's at Jules Huff. 
H-O-U-G-H. My last name is also hard to spell <laughs> and pronounce. Um, and then on Facebook and Twitter, it's at Julianne Huff. And they've both got, by the time this comes out too, they've both got some really cool things cooking that's coming forward too. So that's why you want to be following them. So it's so good so far. But a couple more questions. Okay. Yeah, I, actually, I'll give you absolutely. one each, but the same yeah. thing. I'm just, I think that if I want to give people a gift that are, that are watching this, it would be if they could have lunch with you and they could sit down or they got 10 minutes with you and there weren't cameras around and they could just ask you something, right? So I'll ask you first, Brooks, and then I'll have Jules answer. But if they ask you, hey man, like, I wanna make my family proud of me. I wanna chase the best version of me. I wanna create this business. I wanna transform my body. I want a transformation in my life, yeah. right? What advice would you give me overall on creating a transformation in my life and chasing the best version of me? The, the first, the, honestly, the first thing I'd ask you is what do you want? When you ask somebody that question, like, Ed, what do you want? Yeah. You, and, and people give you a little shishi, no, 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 you, just you, yeah. in your life. And sometimes it, it takes a while for people to get the courage to get it out. To and to get say, clear, huh, and yeah. get specific. It's yeah. very general like, too much. Yeah, tell yeah. me exactly what you want. Yeah. Okay, you want it, why do you want that? Great, that is exactly, that's what I start in my life. What do I want, why do I want it? This what I want, I don't know how, but this is what this is enough for me to then apply my intelligence and my resources and everything to figure out and execute that. But you need to know first, man. You need a target before you can release. If you're pulling a bow, you need a, somewhere to shoot it before you let it go. So I, I like asking people that question, what do you want at your core? Yes. Don't, don't BS me. I can see through that. If you're taking up 10 minutes, you got 10 minutes of my time. Let's go. Let's get to it now. Yeah. And then everything else is a distraction. Everything that doesn't lead to this exact thing that you just told me is a distraction. Even though you might like it, maybe it's part-time, maybe get rid of it. As Tony says, burn the boats. Yeah. You know, like my parents had that, that conversation with me at the supper table, like, what if you can't be a hockey player? Like, dad was a principal. He's like, you should have an education in your back, or in your back pocket. I'm like, dad, I'm gonna be a hockey player. Mm. And he's like, well, what if you don't? What if you hurt your knee? I rehab it and I become a hockey player. And I burned the boats. I got rid of, this yeah. is what I want. Yeah. And I didn't know how, but when I was 14, I didn't know how I was gonna make the NHL, but the NHL was already in my hands. I owned it. I owned it. It was mine. My friends that would try and get me to drink or go to parties or smoke, still some of my best friends in my life, they were my groomsmen, but they tried to get me off that path. But I was like, you guys don't even know it. I'm, f I'm five years away from this in the NHL. I'm 14, but I'm 19 in the NHL already. Like I knew what I wanted. Didn't know how, but I knew what I wanted and I knew why, because it was how I was gonna express it was what I needed to do with my life. So I would try and get that out of a person wow. and everything else is a distraction. 100%, I posted today, today <laughs> I made a post. I said the extraordinary are fueled by why and the average are always stuck with how. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. and, and what I find when I ask people that question, it's why I don't do it on the show anymore. I've had too many, even of my own guests, when I go, what do you want? Uh, uh, and it's very oh, vague, right. yeah. it's very vague. Yeah. And, uh, and so it, the rarest thing is to ask somebody that question, they can give you a specific, clear, compelling answer. The, the other thing, like I just, you posted that today, I posted yesterday, if you're gonna have one thing in your life, you're gonna have one thing, have a magnificent obsession with getting better. Bingo. Whatever it is, whatever's your, like you wake up, I and that's what I'm doing now. If I'm not in hockey, I'm following the flow of my life. What do I gravitate towards? Because yeah. I'm not getting paid for it, but what's, what's my thing that I love? 
that's telling me where I should be that's and then correct. have a magnificent obsession with improving that. Yes. And it will find a way to monetize itself. You'll be successful. It really does, by the way. Yeah. It really does. And your obsessions. Move towards your curiosities and I, your obsessions. Your obsessions become your possessions. You're going, to, you're going to possess what you're obsessed with. And here's the issue for most people. They, they're obsessed with their fears. They're obsessed with what they're worried about. Yeah. They're obsessed with what other people think about them. They're obsessed with all of these things and you end up possessing these things. You said earlier, and I fully believe that we are so much more capable yes. than, we, than we even know. There's so much, there's, even in you, I mean, you've been uber successful in your life and man, you haven't even, you're just starting to scratch. Like there's, there's so much left and, and my wife too and me, like people, we're doing well and a lot of people are doing well and, but we are so much more and it, it just fires me up and lights me up yeah. to even think like just ripping that open. What does that even look like today? Yeah. Even that thought, like think bigger. Yeah. My wife is great at this. She challenged me at this. She thinks so big. And sometimes I'm like, that's not even you want, like, you, yes, you want you want a spaceship with a hot tub and a yard? Like, I don't know what you want here. Like, I don't even know where we're going here. Come back to Earth a little bit. So uh, but like, we, we think big like yes. that. Elon Musk and I, we get it. Because it's awesome, though. Just because it's going to pull you higher and you need to get... Like you are, I just believe, man, that people are so, life can be so much better. You're so much more capable. Just sink, sink your energy and your time, your intensity, your passion into it. Everything else is a distraction. Dude, you're firing me the hell up right now. I'm serious. Too, and by the way, and like, you just want to move though? Yeah, just I kind of want to like punch, slap, go do yeah, something big with you right now. I know. But like, but, but, what's, and, but what's interesting about that, just, and I'm gonna let Jules wrap things up on that, but like, I just want to tell you all this too. Like, Watch what we're doing to each other here. The other thing I want you to we're see, amping each other right, up. is I want you to find mentors and friends who could stretch and move and motivate you, not just always validate you, not just always make you laugh. Hey, bro, good to see you. I have tons of friends like that. People say, oh, drop your friends. No, you don't have to drop any friend in your life, but you gotta add people who stretch you and push you and get you to visualize and inspire you, right? Like that's part of the formula. And if you don't have them, you gotta do it yourself for now, but still be seeking out those people, so. Well, and they, you know, people always say that, like with like celebrities, oh, people are always being the yes man, but we have yes men in our personal lives too. So like, yes. that is exactly that what so you said, true. you know? So and it's like, it's not just celebrities, it's everybody. Like we have yes men all over the place. Yeah. Like stop validating me and tell me what to do. Like just yeah. actually like yeah, call some, me out. There should be some friends you have where like you gotta clean up the house before they come over, man. Like yeah. you should have some people like, hey, there's some still people you wanna have your A game for in yeah. your life, right? So mm -hmm. this is unreal. I'm just telling you straight up. Like I'm like, this is unreal. Dude, I'm so feel, awesome. I feel so blessed, but I wanna finish with you. So yeah. it's hard to add to any of this. I know it is. You know, but, but you've had all this experience. You've mm -hmm. traveled the world. You had this amazingly unique childhood. You've attracted this dream, man. You've had all these achievements and you're remaking yourself again, which I admire so much. And in five more years, you'll be remaking again. Yeah. I know that. But what advice would you give to, maybe it's a woman, I don't know, that's listening yeah. to this and says, hey, I want something special in my life. What would you say that maybe we haven't added yet? What would you add to it? Is there something? I mean, the first thing that just popped in when you were talking just now was that it is about reinventing yourself all the time and continuing to grow. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of people are like, you've changed and, you, and your response should be like, thank you. You know, and it's oh, like, yeah. you know, and it's, it's, it's amazing that, you know, we tell ourselves our stories of who we are, but that's who we were. Like we're continuing 
growing and like becoming the people that we're building, you know, and like as we as we become the person that we're becoming and and the, the achievements and the things that we want, it's not about what we want, it's about who we want to be when we have all of this. And so so I think at the end of the day, like it always comes back to us and it's like like what is it like who is, not what is it that I want to be, but who is it that I want to be? And and I said it, that I think, at the very beginning when we were talking about how we met, like, met. What you put out into the universe is what you're going to get. Yes. And if you're putting negative thoughts, if you're saying, like, oh, I don't know how, I don't know how to do this, I can't do that, I can't do that, instead of, like, visualizing, putting your goals, like, do a one-year, do a three-year, do a five-year, do a ten-year, do a, like, one month, and do small, achievable goals so that you can actually attain them and celebrate them and realize like I have the power to do these things yes. and then and then you get this confidence of who you are and then it just it, things just start happening like it's an amazing thing whether it's God the universe whatever you believe your own innate willpower whatever you put out you're gonna get and so like put out some good oh, shit man. guys oh, <laughs> you know? Jules you're so right like you said something else that I just want to layer on. Like, I'm just moved. I used to be honest, that's so damn good. But you also said earlier, you said something. You said, I'm enough. At one point, you're enough. It's like you have to accept right now you have everything within you you yes. need to go win. Mm -hmm. You're all you need to be right now to go win. You're getting better to prepare you for the next moment and the next moment, right? And, and so, one of my favorite, sorry, I cut you off. One of my favorite um, analogies and yeah. visualizations of this is if your cup is full and somebody's pouring into it, all this information and like more, like, you know, I can help you with this and it's just overflowing. You're like, I can't deal with this. It's too much, it's too much, it's too much. You sometimes just have to pour it out and then you can start filling up again. <laughs> you know, it's like you know what you know right now, and that's great, and that's gonna get you to that next step, but once you're there, pour that damn cup out and start over, you know? Yeah. And it's like all this new information comes in, yeah. and then you're able to actually download it and receive so it. So good. Were you gonna say something on it? Sorry, oh, I get excited. No, no, <laughs> we do a lot of like creative planning stuff in our, in our garage, and it was actually, we were talking about this the other day, because we're trying to, she was helping me um, with, the next stage of my life, my reinvention. Yeah. And something we put up on the board, her brother Derek was also helping, and we put up on the board, um, what do we want to do and who do we need to become to do it? Yeah. And it's exactly what she's talking yeah. about is, and we, we talked about have your vision, what you want to do, okay, that's great. And then who do I need to become to oh do this? God, right. And I tell her this all the time, we work on this, I tell her this, I'm building a man that's better than I am right now. So I'm not yet this man. Yeah. But I have a, a vision, a, a concept of who he is. And she'll say, like, there'll be some mornings I'll wake up at 5 or 5.30, go work out, or 6 or whatever. She's like, oh, babe, it's early. I'm like, yeah, but I'm building this man that's capable of more. When we have kids, he needs to work out before we have kids. So we don't have kids yet, but this man needs to be capable of that stuff before we're even there. So I always work towards this, this far distant man that's better than I am. And I acknowledge he's better than I am, but I aspire to be like him and gradually just moving that needle every day. And some days I fail, some days I take a step back. Oh my gosh. I want to uh, kiss you right now. We can I'm kiss you, buddy. No, I'm serious. Are like, we <laughs> all just best friends right now? No, it's like, no like, like, I just want to say something. Like, it's so good. So I talk all the time that I think at the end of my life, I'm a Christian, I believe that I, hope, I want the Lord to go, hey, well done, good and faithful servant. But I also think he's going to go, hey, man, this is the man you could have been. 
I want you to meet the man you are capable of becoming. At the end of your life, I think you met the person you were destined to be. And, I, and my life is chasing down that yeah. dude. Every decision I make, I'm trying to chase that dude down. So at the end of my life, when I meet him, he shakes my hand and says, hey man, I've been watching you. Great job, and we're identical twins. Yeah. The worst end of a life would be to go to the end and you meet that woman and you're total strangers. Yeah. And she had, she had experiences and memories and contributions and differences. That's great. And, That's a and, great visual. Right, yeah. so I'm, I'm, my barometer is chasing down that person. Exactly what you said, you're trying to build that better man, build that better woman. And it's the, the blissful dissatisfaction. Correct. It's the same thing. You're happy, you're not satisfied. Right. You're still, you're, you love your life. You right. like, you look at the life you live, right. Ed, your family, like sure. you have a fantastic life, but still it's not, it's not, not that it's not enough, it's just not enough. It's not enough, it's not yeah. enough. I'm enough, but it's not enough. Yeah. This today was uh, just mind blowing for me, just to be honest with you, it's mind blowing because it gave us a peek into both of your lives, also, you know, things to get from one level to the next, but also for elite, elite performers, how to separate a little bit too. And so I think you're both wonderful. Thank <laughs> just, you. I'm so blown away. Like I'm just literally, this is, here's what's really good. There's no editing. I want to thank both of you of for today so much. And, thank you. And we could I, go forever. Man. We could. I, know. We, I, know I have it's like happen. another thought and I'm like, well, I'll tell you off camera. <laughs> but I know what people are going to say. They're going to say, have them back. And so we need to do that again. Or maybe you'll have me on your show when that okay. show comes out. So, and we'll talk some more. So I want to also thank the audience because yeah, you've been so good to us. And I, I bring you some of the most, I mean, you people who have maxed out their lives in different areas and are chasing the maxed out version of themselves. And obviously these two are an absolute example of that. And, I, all I ask you is you already know how to follow me because you're watching this, but I'd ask you if you're watching this on YouTube, give it a like or a thumbs up. But if it's on iTunes, throw that thing a review. We were number one in the world last month, number two this month. Get to number one. I texted you that this morning. You told me this morning we're getting to number one. We're so number one. so we're, we're dependent on you to we do need that, you. everybody. We need you. And don't forget the Max Out two-minute drill on Instagram every day when I make a post. Everybody who makes a post with a hashtag Max Out within the first two minutes, you enter a drawing. We pick a winner every day. You can win gear coaching call with me, visit to my home, and sometimes access to one of my guests in a coaching call too. So you want to make sure you're making those posts every day. God bless you. I'll, yes. be, one, I'll be one of those we, for your winners. He just offered so you can get access to Brooks. Wow, that's huge, brother. So make your post. Thank you for that. Thank you for today. God bless and max out.